Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic D Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Eden Foods, the most trusted name in certified organic clean food. When you shop online at EdenFoods.com, enter the coupon code ORGVIEW to receive 20% off any regularly priced items, excluding cases. For other promotional offers, please visit TheOrganicView.com's website. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, Tom and I are going to talk about something that we've touched upon in previous segments, but it's something that we feel that we should give a little bit more attention to, and that's censorship. While most people think that social media is something that's free, filled with all sorts of information that's factual, because there's so many different news sources and other things that you may not be able to find in the news, it's turning out that if you want to play, you've got to pay, and that's the bottom line. So many activists are being censored. So I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host, Colorado beekeeper Tom Theobald. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, June. You know, Tom, it's very disturbing when you think about freedom of speech. It's something that we think we have, but do we really have it? Well, to a degree we do, but you have to be really careful about what the sources of your information are because one of the... uh, The objectives of the corporate world is to control the message, and they have a lot of power, and they do it fairly effectively. If you look at some of the things that have been going on within the beekeeping community, it doesn't necessarily make mainstream media. What they might do is mention something briefly in passing, but many crucial events that have taken place have never made it beyond the local town news. In Minnesota, wasn't there a situation that happened recently, Tom? Well, yes. Uh, it got a lot of very favorable press. What what was it? Uh, an, an executive order? Is that what it was? An executive order? Setting some, yeah, so. setting yeah, that, some restrictions that, on uh, neonicotinoids, a uh, subject that's a regular uh, on this program. And it got a lot of very favorable press, but there also were some questions as to the real impact of those decisions, whether they really called for any substantive action or whether it was primarily smoke and mirrors. And if you do a a news search of bees and pesticides, you'll find any number of favorable stories highlighting this decision in Minnesota. There was one very well-written story by an author by the name of Ron Medor, M-E-A-D-O-R. The title of his paper, his reporting, was Meet Minnesota's New Neonic Rules, pretty much the same as the old rules. And what he points out is that Governor Dayton's uh, proclamation as favorable as it seems to be, really doesn't accomplish much of anything of any substance. Now, this doesn't mean that the governor won't make further decisions, but as it stands right now, it appears to be more well-intentioned posturing without any real effect. And the point I'm trying to make is that if you do a news search, you will never see this article. Now, why is that? I don't know. I don't understand how these are selected, but 
This is certainly an article that's pertinent to the issue, and yet if you do a news search, you'll find it nowhere. Well, what's interesting is that if there's something that happens with the celebrity, it's all over Twitter, all over Facebook. It's everywhere that you really could care less if, you know, it's everywhere. Now then, I want to address something that happened a couple years back with a beekeeper named Terry Ingram. He lives in the state of Illinois, and he was on the show to talk about some of his research and also to talk about the fact that his bees were confiscated by the Illinois Department of Agriculture. I was the first to do that interview, and lo and behold, it was recycled. And then a couple of years later, all of a sudden, it's all over social media, but it still never made the mainstream news. So once again... Are we recycling information? Are people pulling up stuff just to create traffic for their websites? I don't know. All I do know is that something like this should have made national headlines, and it did not. It should have been something that we heard about other than from the beekeeping community. And these things, never you never hear anything about them. So it begs the question, is mainstream media as well as social media being controlled and by whom? The fact that so many social media accounts are shut down, and granted, there's a lot of spam accounts out there. I'll be the first to admit, I get hit with them all the time. However, when even with my own social media accounts, and I'm ranked in the top 1% of influencers on social media, when I see my own, the radio show, The Organic View, the Twitter account for that, unfollow me, it makes me wonder, what are they doing and why? Well, I don't really understand the social media because I've intentionally tried to stay out of that. Which is wise. I would highly recommend, if you don't need to be on social media, keep off of it. Because, honestly, it's at a point where, unless you want to pay to have some sort of impact, what have you, and I don't even think that that's legitimate because, basically, people are spending thousands of dollars to buy followers, and then what the social media networks do is they unfollow them. Now, I don't really talk about these things unless I'm giving a lecture to a group that's interested in social media, but this is all relevant to the work that Tom and I have been doing over the last several years because the information is being suppressed, and that's the bottom line. I think a good example is what we're seeing with the USDA and the EPA and uh, their response to the presidential proclamation calling for a task force. They've heavily emphasized habitat improvement, but they very carefully have diverted attention away from any assessment of the level of poisoning of the environment. And the evidence is that it's been massive and that their decisions are what have brought us to this environmental disaster. But I just saw something just two hours ago that was sent to me by a correspondent the World Wildlife Federation has bought into the Bayer Bee Care program to uh, spread wildflower seeds all over the country, and everybody's going to plant wildflowers. And that sounds good until you look a little deeper and realize that these wildflowers are likely to be planted on land that's been heavily poisoned and are likely to kill far more bees than they're going to help. And uh, that's part of the manipulation of the message. I think, unfortunately, though, for these large corporations, 
because of programs just like this and and other discussion, people are wising up to this. Uh, we just today had very uh, vocal demonstrations in Miami against the uh, widespread spraying of a product called Nalead for mosquito control. People are beginning to realize that they're being duped and being used, and they're waking up to this. Tom, do you recall, Tom, do you recall when DDT was being sprayed, if they did the same thing in the news? I don't recall. You know, I was that was a long time ago for me, and I was just a kid, and I wasn't paying that much attention, I guess. I remember growing up in upstate New York, and we had Pennsylvania TV stations. I remember as a kid with Three Mile Island wondering how these people managed, especially when they didn't have clean drinking water. How do you go day by day not being able to drink water, brush your teeth, take a shower, what have you? I thought the short amount of time that I sustained post-Hurricane Sandy was bad, but these folks were dealing with this for many, many years. And the sad reality was Three Mile Island was within a short drive from where I was living at the time. Even though it wasn't in my backyard, it was still a reality for me. And I was a little kid back then. So it makes you wonder, okay, well, if they're putting out some information, why is it that they're not educating the public so at least people can empower themselves? I mean, that's why we have freedom of speech, so that we can empower ourselves. We can do what we feel is necessary for ourselves. And even that seems to be something that is no longer something that we have. Well, it's because 90% of the media outlets are owned by a handful of very powerful corporations, and they control the message. And in the corporate world, if you're in a contest, uh, that's one of the ways that you exercise control is by controlling the message, and they're doing it quite effectively. This program is, and I've said this before, this program is one of the few programs in the world that speaks out every week about these issues. And I know from talking with you, June, that you've been hammered by the Yeah, the, web, the website was down the entire month of August. Uh, it was down the last 24 hours. And they continue to keep coming. And the bottom line is we're not going anywhere. Well, Tom, the bottom line is is that we're trying to just get the information out there. Neither you nor I get paid for any of this. And we just keep going because we know that it's the right thing to do. And the beekeepers have to be heard. If you look at Jeffrey Gibbs, who was recently on the show, Jeffrey's in Australia. He is being censored by the media He's even being pressured by many, many influential people in Australia. It's sad, but Australia is going through what we just went through and are still going through. Australia is a very interesting example because Australia has been used by the chemical industry as an excuse for the safety of the neonicotinoids. And so the story goes, according to the chemical industry, Australia is the only continent left without varroa mite, and they've worked very hard to pin most of these problems on the varroa. Now, it's not that the varroa is insignificant. It's a problem that we have to deal with, and we do. But their story was, look, 
We use lots of neonicotinoids in Australia. Australia has no varroa, and the beekeepers are doing just fine. Well, the interview that we did last week with Jeffrey Gibbs blows the whistle on that. It is not just fine, and Jeffrey thinks that the problems that they're having in Australia and have had for many years now are even worse than we're seeing in other parts of the world, including the United States. From what I understand, Tom, Jeffrey also shared with us the fact that industry is making the same type of efforts down there as they have been over here to give the illusion that it's a safe chemical for bees. They're very concerned about the, the health of bees, and they're going above and beyond to make sure that everything is being done that can possibly be done for the health of bees. This is coming from somebody who is extremely influential in Australia. And, folks, I just want to mention one quick thing. These shows that we record each week, our guests are people from the beekeeping community or our scientists that have been doing research for a number of years are highly respected, and their research has been peer-reviewed and published. So this isn't based upon our own opinions. This is based upon what is actually happening. So I just wanted to mention that. Well, there's overwhelming evidence of the role that these neonicotinoids are playing in the problems that the bees are having and in much wider parts of the environment. And Jeffrey Gibbs goes into great detail about the things that are being lost in Australia. And it's like looking in a mirror. He was talking about the magpies and the, their parrot population and their bat population. All of these are dramatic, dramatically declining, as they are in much of the rest of the world. And the key factor in these losses are the neonicotinoids. You have to understand that here in the United States, these neonicotinoids represent the equivalent of billions of pounds of DDT in their toxic effect. They're five to 10,000 times more toxic than DDT. They're used over millions of acres. They're water-soluble. They migrate with the groundwater, and they last for years. And they're being found everywhere that they're, they've been looked for. And the only people who aren't looking for them are the EPA and the USDA. They're doing everything they can to cover this up and beat the drum for habitat improvement. And that habitat is not going to be an improvement. Those are going to be killing fields because I think it's clear that much of the United States real estate has been heavily poisoned with these neonicotinoids, whether it's farmland or suburban land or urban land. And they're very carefully trying to divert our attention away from that. And for the most part, for many people, that may be the case, but there is a growing number of people that are well aware of what's going on. They've heard of the word neonicotinoid. They understand what they do. And that is a message that is actually starting to spread throughout Australia. Granted, they may not be as familiar with what's going on as we are here. However, people are starting to wake up, Tom. I really think they are. There was a, a congressional briefing this afternoon on the health effects of the neonicotinoids, and I haven't heard what the results were. Uh, I'm hoping that it was recorded and we'll be able to listen to it. It was not on the Internet, so we couldn't listen in that way. But 
Maybe we'll have something to say about that next week. What are the health concerns? These neonicotinoids are everywhere. Well, the main thing is is that the government really needs to start looking into these things, and the agencies that are assigned to these very issues need to start doing their job instead of being nothing more than a marketing arm for industry. So, Tom, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today, and folks, tune in next week as Tom and I continue the discussion. We do the best we can, so stay tuned, and I really appreciate the people who take the time to listen to what we have to say. It's very important. Folks, if you have any questions for us, please write to us at questions at theorganicview.com. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon.